It's good to be in God's house. Hallelujah. So good to see you. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to come over here and look at this gallery up here. Amen. It's a good-looking group. Amen. Up in the balcony. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On the lower floor. Just so good to be in God's house and to feel his presence. God's doing something in this hour, my friends. Hallelujah. We're going to be turning to Jonah chapter 2, verse 10. Then go to chapter 3 if you want to find that. And uh, yesterday I was telling a story to uh, some of my grandchildren. We ended up uh, yesterday afternoon with seven grandchildren at the house. And uh, then it went, well, we got, when it came time to go to prayer, we got rid of all seven and ended up with two more that were not a part of the original seven. So we sent all seven to Jennifer and Ryan's house and we got two and uh, Jordan's and uh, brought them to prayer. And then the time we got back home, uh, I think we had six for a while and then we were down to four for the night. So amen. So anyway, somewhere in that process of seven, nine, six or four, I was telling some of them a story about when we were on vacation years ago and Pastor Jordan was about three, Justin was about five, and Jennifer would have been about seven. And uh, we went to the Biltmore House. How many have ever been to the Biltmore House? And uh, famous family in American history and wealthy people. Um, and we went to the Biltmore House and we were touring the Biltmore House. And as we were touring the Biltmore House, Pastor Jordan being about three, we got to Mr. Biltmore's personal bedroom. They have a guard there and they have a rope that you cannot cross this line. It's there across the doorway. You can look in with the guard standing right there. And so all of a sudden, Pastor Jordan at three runs by the guard and under the rope. And he runs over to Mr. Biltmore's bed, jumps up on the bed and starts jumping up and down. And the guard whirls around at the crowd and said, whose child is this? And I immediately pointed at her. <laughs> True story. <laughs> Amen. And uh, anyway, so I told the children that yesterday afternoon. And this morning when they saw uh, Pastor Jordan come into the, the place where we all pray before the services, the children, some of the grandchildren were there and they said, Uncle Jordan, who was the last person to be in Mr. Biltmore's bed? And he said, I was, probably. <laughs> so, uh, amen. Jonah chapter two, verse 10. What's in the whale? What's in the whale? Jonah is. And look at verse 10. God spoke to the fish and it vomited him out upon dry land. Chapter three, verse one. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Everybody say second time. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, preach unto it the preaching that I bid unto thee to preach. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceeding great city, three days' journey. It was 64 miles around the city. 
So he went one third of the way into the city. And Jonah began to enter a city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be destroyed. You may be seated. In chapter 2, verse 1, please keep your Bibles open. Jonah prays to the Lord. It's always a good thing to pray and cry out to God. You're never doing a wrong thing, a bad thing, when you cry out to the Lord. It says, he cried by reason of his affliction. How many have ever been through a time of suffering, a time of challenge, a time of difficulty? Come on, everybody raise your hand if you have. You know what Jonah shows us? He cried out to the Lord. In his affliction, he cried out to God. And it says, he heard me. I'm thankful that God has listening ears, amen? That he can hear the cry of his children. God is waiting for us to cry out to him. And how many times do we stay in testing periods longer than we need to stay because we didn't cry out to the Lord? Well, I'm going to work my way through this. I'm going to handle this. I'll just deal with it. Uh, I'll just make the best of it. Uh, no, friends, run to the Lord. Amen. God is a merciful God. God loves each and every one of us. And he wants to help you in the midst of your affliction. Verse 7 says, in my distress. This is chapter 2, verse 7. In my distress, when my soul would have fainted. I don't know if you've ever been at that point that you felt like your soul could just faint. You've been under such pressure. You've been in the pressure cooker of life. Well, listen, Jonah's only way out was to call on God. And in his distress, he calls on the name of Yahweh. God keeps us many times till we have a change of heart. He keeps us many times on the potter's wheel because he's always, according to Jeremiah 18, verse 1, he's always working to refine us and to hone us and to remake us into the image of Christ. Amen? That's what grace and mercy is all about. I'm so thankful for God's grace today. I'm so thankful for God's mercy today. Hallelujah. If you're backslidden, if you're cold, if you're running from God, understand that running to God is what you ought to do, not running away from God. The simple gospel is, friends, that Jesus loves every one of us. No matter where you've been in life, no matter what you've done in life, you may have had the call of God on your life at one point in time and, and you find yourself today, you're listening to pastor by, by way of uh, online or e-campus and maybe you've been running from God. Listen, run back to God. The simple gospel is God loves you enough to send Jesus and Jesus came as, as the representation of heaven, as the representation of the Trinity. He came and he walked a sinless life. He allowed himself to be tortured and to be beaten and to go through all that he went through and all that he suffered, to carry that cross to Calvary's hill and to be placed on that cross and to die on that cross and then to be resurrected the third day. All of that revealing that God is a merciful God. He bore the stroke of God's judgment. He bore the punishment so that you and I can just accept Jesus and be free from our sins and free from our failures. I'm preaching better than some are letting on right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody in the chat needs to say amen. God is trying to get all of our attentions and he wants us to run towards him rather than running away from him. In verse nine of chapter two, Jonah sacrifices to God with the voice of thanksgiving and then he makes a vow to the Lord. I just think one more time on this Sunday, we did this last week, 
but I want to do it one more time. I want us to lift up the voice of thanksgiving right now as Jonah in the midst of his affliction. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we glorify you. Lord, we magnify you. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Holy is the lamb. The lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. And then he makes a vow to the Lord and then he concludes it by saying this, and this is a good phrase. Salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is of the Lord. That's not just turn, only talking about soul salvation. He was down in the mouth of the whale. Amen. You're talking about being down in the mouth. He was down in the mouth, in the belly of the whale. But he says, salvation is of the Lord. I, I think everybody in your own way right now ought to say that. Salvation is of the Lord. Point number one this morning is grace can be messy. We're a spiritual hospital. And people come in with all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of past experiences in life and, and things that have gone on in their life and things can be messy because they, can have, they could have been in a different place in life than many of us. And God is still calling out to them to run to his grace and mercy, amen? And we're to be a hospital to the hurting. People are gonna come in here that don't look like us and don't act like us. And friends, we've got to love them into the kingdom of God. If you want somebody to love your unsaved, unchurched family member, you sure better be planting seed towards that. When some mother's young person or young adult comes in, you better have the grace and mercy of Jesus being extended from your life in such a way so that God sees that and he rewards you and he hears your prayer because you've been praying for your own lost children, amen. Salvation is of the Lord and he watches when we sow seeds of mercy and grace towards people who are in need. It says in chapter one, verse 17, that the Lord prepared a great fish. In chapter two, verse 10, the Lord talked to that fish and God talked to that fish after three days and said, time to give him up, amen. That old prophet had been down in the, the belly of the whale for three days and there was some kind of indigestion going on if you had swallowed a, a prophet that was a, a rye from the things of God, you'd probably have indigestion too, amen. Tums were not gonna take care of the whale, amen. God said, spit him up, spit him out. I've got some more call on his life. I've got something for him to do. Listen, God's not finished with you. I don't care where you've been. You've been running from God. You, you may have had the call of God on your life to preach. I wanna tell you on this Sunday morning, God's not finished with you. He still has his hand on your life. He still wants you to preach his gospel. He still wants you to show a lost world that Jesus Christ can change their life. You see, Jonah had paid for a ship, but he got a whale. God created a vehicle of grace in that fish. And Jonah had paid that price for the ship, but he got the belly of a whale. People are coming from all walks of life and all places. And men look on the outward appearance, but I'm telling you, God looks on the inward. And we've got to look at what God can make out of them, what God can do, and the grace of God that can transform them. We've got to see our lost family members, our lost loved ones, and you've got to see them by faith coming to the grace place, the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ to have their lives changed. Amen? Thank God that his grace has been seen in our lives. 
We've got to love the lost. Listen, more than anything else, evangel's got to be about what Jesus was about, Luke 19, 10. He came to seek and save. Everybody say the lost. We cannot forget that there is heaven and there is hell. My friends, Jesus preached on hell more than he preached on heaven. I don't hear a lot of pulpits, I don't hear a lot of sermons about eternal hell. But that doesn't lessen the likelihood and the responsibility of pastors to preach and to teach that there is a place of eternal torment and men must come to Christ and men must give their lives to the Lord before it's too late. Jesus knew that and so he preached about hell and he preached that the lost were his emphasis and he came to seek and save the lost. And we must be very intentional. That's one of the first pillars of the four pillars is we want people to encounter Christ, amen, because this is a grace place. Secondly, God is a God of the second chance. Everybody say second chance. I'm thankful for a second chance. I'm thankful for a third chance. I'm thankful for a fourth chance. I'm I'm gonna just go ahead and preach. Hallelujah. How many have needed more than one chance in your life? Come on up there in the balcony. Amen. Tell the truth and shame the devil. Hallelujah. Don't act all sanctified and holy when you know that God took you out of the miry clay and he established your feet. Amen. He brought you up out of a horrible pit. Hallelujah. I think we need to just all stand up. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's lift up some praise to the Lord for a a second chance, a second chance. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Chapter two, verse one says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. You'll notice that the word had not changed. When God recalls you and God taps you on the shoulder again and you've cried out in the, in, in the bed of your affliction or in the time of your testing and you've cried out and got right with God, the call still hadn't changed. Arise, Jonah, go to Nineveh. Listen, there's a city right here, Jacksonville, Florida. 1.2 million people, 800,000 before the pandemic ever began that were not connected in any form or fashion to a church. I'm telling you, two-thirds plus not connected to a church in any form or fashion. We've got a great city here that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, a message that transforms life. And Jonah is recommissioned. He's recommissioned to preach the gospel, and now he receives this commission afresh and anew, and the word hasn't changed. He says, preach unto them what I tell you to preach. We live in an hour, friends, that men are challenged, I think, with the message that they're preaching. And we need to hear the word of God being preached right now. We need to hear the truth of God's word, that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. We need to hear that there's forgiveness from the Lord if men will bow their knee and confess their sins and get rid of their sins. I've thought about this whole time frame because I believe the coming of the Lord is closer than we've ever been. And I thought, how could somebody backslide when you see that the coming of the Lord is closer than it's ever been in your entire life? How could somebody get lukewarm when you can see with, with, without 
much spiritual perception that we live in one of the most challenged hours of human history. How could you not be on fire for God in this hour? And so he's called to arise and go preach to Nineveh what I tell you to preach. Now over in 1 Timothy, and I forgot to give the reference in the early service, but it's 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. This is one of several passages where Paul writes concerning what's going to be preached in the last days. Men are going to love ear-tickling sermons. Men are going to hear what they want to hear to appease the flesh. The flesh wants to be appeased. Friends, what we need is solid preaching of God's Word. Steve Hill stood in this pulpit many times over the years, and uh, he would say, we've got to preach hell hot, but we've got to preach with love and tears in our eyes. That men need to hear the love of God, but they need to know there's an eternity that they've got to face if they have not accepted Christ. And so God calls Jonah to arise in verse 2 of chapter 3. But in 1 Timothy chapter 4, it says, The Spirit speaks expressly that in the last days, some are going to depart the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. Doctrines of devils. That means they've been listening to false doctrine. Teachings that are contrary to the holy writ. Verse 2 says, speaking lies in hypocrisy. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. How, how many of us can attest that, friends, with, this is the hour in which we live that men have had their conscience seared and they know not the truth. They can't embrace the truth and all they can do is embrace lies. And he goes on listing a number of things that are indicators of the last days there. I'm here to declare that Romans 6, 23 says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. <laughs> Romans 3.10 says, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5.8 is another wonderful part of the Roman road. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet in sin, when we were wayward from God, Christ died for us. He became God's stroke of punishment and judgment was taken upon his own life so that we could be free. One more scripture, it's not necessarily part of the Roman road of salvation, but I believe it's part of the Roman road of holy living and righteous living. Romans 8, 26, the spirit helps our weaknesses. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost wants to help you in every area of your life where you're being challenged, where you're being tempted, where you struggle, where you face difficulties, where you face problems, where you find those weaknesses in your life. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. Romans 8, 26 says the Spirit helps our weaknesses. Sir, God is calling you. He has your number and he's wanting to give you a second chance or for someone else it may be a third chance. Just stop running from God and run to God. Amen. Point number three, and I want the worship team to come. I've still got a few minutes of sermon, but I just want them in place. Nineveh receives God's message. The choice is always ours to receive or reject the word of the Lord. I believe this completely that God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And I believe that the word is going out and the message is going out, but it's always up to the individual 
or to the corporate city or the corporate nation to receive or reject. I think America stands at a crossroads. I think, friends, we need to hear the word of the Lord. We need some preachers to stand up in pulpits across America and decry the wickedness that is going on in our land. The outright debauchery of sin. God cannot wink at sin. God cannot close his eyes to sin. He did not for Sodom and Gomorrah. He did not for many cities of world history. I could take you to some cataclysmic things that have happened down through world history where entire cities were destroyed, entire cities. And, and it was because of the depravity, the wickedness. And God said to Nineveh, 40 days and I'm going to destroy you, 40 days. There is a time that grace runs out. There is a time that God stops and he allows what they're sowing has been about to be reaped. And my friends, there's been a lot of, here's what I keep reminding God in this hour. God, you would have spared Sodom had you found 10 righteous, 50 righteous, 40 righteous, 30 righteous, 20 righteous, 10 righteous. You would have spared Sodom. There are millions of believers calling out on God for revival right now. There are millions of people calling out and repenting. Listen, 70 million abortions in this nation. God says the blood has a voice. I want everybody to hear, Pastor. Blood has a voice. And it cries to him from the ground. It's crying to God. And God never forgets and he hears that voice. And friends, we've got to repent. I believe that's one of the grievous sins of America. The idolatry that's in our land, the violence that's in our land, the drug addictions, and on and on, the, the, the perversions that are in our land. These things are crying out to God, the wickedness of Nineveh. Here you have the Assyrian capital, I'm, I'm sorry, the Syrian nation, empire. Nineveh is the capital, and their wickedness is so bad that in 40 days, God's gonna destroy them. But God sends a preacher, and he dares to preach what God says. And the city turns to God, which I believe if a capital city turns to God, it's going to impact the nation. The reason Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh was he was a Jew. Assyria, the nation, had been oppressing the Jews. And the last thing that the Jew wanted to see was Syria saved. They wanted them judged. We have to be careful as Christians because we will pick up on that attitude too easily, right? Well, God, you need to judge them. No, we need to pray for them. I found myself calling people in prayer I never thought I would pray over. I, I, I've been praying for people that, that I know they need to get right with God and get God in their life. I've been praying for people nationally and locally that God would just shake some things, amen, and begin to reveal their love, reveal his love to them. And so Nineveh receives the preaching. Nineveh is such a large city, it's 64 miles around. 64 miles, that's pretty big. The walls were so thick that they said you could put three to four chariots in a chariot race abreast on top of the wall. It was a massive city, massively fortified. They would have probably thought, hey, ain't nobody gonna touch this thing. This is a, this is a, a mighty city. We can hold our own. But God said 40 days and you're gonna be overthrown. 
And it so moved them, according to the Bible verses here, that they began to repent. I want us to look at this in closing. Verse 5, the people believed God and proclaimed a fast from the greatest to the least. The king took off his robe. I, I want to tell you, sir, mom, we, we, need to, we need to expel some things that are holding us back, our places of authority, our, our places of responsibility, our, our dignity, our, uh, listen, you may have one of those Holy Ghost buns on your head, but you may need to let the Holy Ghost hit that bun. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. We can get all prissified on Sunday morning and act all sanctified and go out and be like the world on, on Monday through Friday. That doesn't cut it with God. I, I said that doesn't cut it with God. I'm going to just go ahead and preach right now. Hallelujah. I want everybody to stand. The blood is crying to the from the ground because the wickedness of Nineveh was so bad. And the king arises and he calls the city to a fast. Oh, this is so good. They even made their animals fast. For three days there was a fast. I'm gonna ask, and I failed to do this in the first service. So we need to mention this tonight, Pastor Jordan, don't let me forget. I'm gonna ask how many will fast one meal on Tuesday for America? One meal, just one. One meal. They fasted three days. Friends, I believe judgment's coming to America, but I believe that can be spared. I believe that, listen, there are two storms, and they say this is so unusual. Two storms right now in the Gulf that may hit the same exact area. That's the latest news on it. And listen, God is not willing God can spare us these things. We've seen God answer prayer. We've seen God turn storms. Amen. Hallelujah. God's just looking for some people that will arise and go into the city and preach the word that he's called us to preach in this hour. Be the people of God in this hour. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be the light that dispels the darkness. Isaiah 60 says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Gross darkness will cover the peoples, but my light is going to arise upon you. Listen, his light will always dispel the darkness. I'm going to come over here and say that. That side's being too quiet over there. His light will always dispel the darkness. Hallelujah. king makes a decree for the city. He makes a decree for the city. Job twenty two twenty eight says, Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto, the, unto thee, and light shall shine upon your path. I want us to decree some things. Verse 8, he decrees, Let everybody cry out to God and turn from your wickedness and violence. Verse 9, who can tell if God will repent and change his mind? It says in the King James that God repented. You know what that means? Now, God doesn't have things to repent of. What that means, if you look it up, is he changed his mind. And God is sovereign. He can change his mind. He, all, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. God decreed a thing, and that's what's established. 
But God changes his mind about you when you say, Jesus, I accept you. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. He, he changes his mind. Well, they're no longer in this vein. They're in this vein, and I give them eternal life. And that's what God did for Nineveh. Nineveh repented as a city from the least to the king, and they turned to God, and God said, I changed my mind. No more judgment intended. Hallelujah. No more judgment intended. Revival's what they're going to have. Do you know it went from 40 days, now watch this, because here you see the heart of mankind, to 140 years before they were judged and overthrown. For a long period of time, there was great revival. But I'm telling you, if you don't keep the flame hot, the flame will burn out. And it did eventually, and they turned back their wickedness. Many years later, 140 years later, they were destroyed. The same God that spared them and repented, they then enacted sowing and reaping again and sowing to the, the flesh and reaping the whirlwind. I want to tell you, God's merciful and graceful. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to lead us in a prayer. And sir, I want to talk to you in closing. If you're not where you ought to be with God, if you're not right with God, you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to turn to Christ. There's grace and mercy. I said there's grace and mercy. If you're backslidden, if you're cold, if you're indifferent, if you've lost the vision that Jesus has for the lost, he can stir that in up, up in us again. And I'm gonna lead, and I, I believe it won't be long until we can have altar calls. I believe that's coming soon. Yes, amen, amen. This is just, I look forward, I look forward to some things that are, I think, in the near future. But with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to repeat this prayer. Dear Jesus, everyone, dear Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I confess my sins, and I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. Be my Lord and Savior. Help me to be more than a follower. Help me to be a disciple and to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is 11.59. There are two more prayers I want to pray and then the blessing. And the worship team's going to lead us in two or three courses and let you slip out just as you want to over 10 or 15 minutes. But uh, once the blessing is pronounced, you can leave or those that want to stay and worship people have been just enjoying staying in the presence of God. But I want us to welcome the Holy Spirit right now as a congregation. Come on, let's welcome the Holy Spirit. Come on, come on, let's yield to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Come on, we need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, sweet Spirit of God, dove of heaven, light upon us. Rest upon us. Rest upon this house. Rest upon our families. Rest upon our city, our nation. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, sweet Spirit of God. Precious Holy Spirit. Precious Holy Spirit. I want to pray for everyone that needs healing in your body. And first, the first call is, how many have some kind of ear problem? I want you to raise your hand. Some kind of ear problem, raise your hand. All right. There's several. Amen. Several. 
All right, now, how many have some kind of physical need in your life, some, it may be something else. You need healing in your body and you'll raise your hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, we stand in agreement. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that we can call on the great physician, the sympathizing Jesus, the compassionate Savior. Lord, I love those scriptures in 1 Peter and also in the book of Isaiah that says you took our sins, you took our griefs, and with your stripes we are healed and we were healed. And Lord, I thank you that we can bank on those promises, that we can stand on your word. Jesus, you said, according to our faith, be it unto us. Let healing flow through those who have ear needs right now. Any kind of challenge with their hearing and their, their ears, I pray, Lord, let a miracle of healing take place. And for every other need that's represented, thank you, Jesus, that you do miracles and cures today, that your arm is not short, your hand is not failed to be extended towards the cry of your people. So let your healing power manifest to every person that identified their need for healing. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give a shout to the Lord. All right, the worship team's coming out. I'm gonna read the ironic blessing over you and they're gonna lead in two or three courses but you can slip out right after the ironic blessing or you can stay. They're gonna lead in worship for about 10, 12 minutes here. Uh, people have been just enjoying just staying in the presence of the Lord at the close of the service. All right. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, speak unto Aaron and unto his sons saying, this is how you will bless the children of Israel saying unto them, the Lord bless thee. The Lord keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you his peace and you will put my name upon your families, God says, and I will bless them. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God.